0: Is the Trudeau affordable housing plan a mirage? In late July, a parliamentary budget office report on affordable housing found the Trudeau Liberals were only investing marginally more than the Harper Conservatives, despite Liberal claims to be spending 55 billion to expand housing. But it seems the closer we get to those Liberal numbers, the more they disappear. Sherry Benson is the NDP housing critic. She's read the PBO report and is with us now to help us understand how a housing plan that we'll say is so huge melted away under the PBO's review. Sherry Benson, thank you and welcome to Game Changers. Oh,
1: Thanks very much. It's uh, a pleasure to be here and talk about housing.
0: In many parts of Canada, rising rental costs are putting a real crunch in household budgets. Sherry, help us understand the context of the current situation. It's a crisis for many people. The federal government has for many decades had a or, or did have for many decades, a much stronger affordable housing role, but that came to a halt in the 1990s. What what happened?
1: Sure, and that that's exactly how to put it. It, it did sort of come to a hard stop in the 1990s, and that's when we saw the federal government sort of devolve the responsibility around uh, housing to the provinces. So up until then, and most of us really believe that what we see today, the crisis in housing, is directly related to those government policies. So we're seeing an increase in homelessness, we're seeing uh, lots of people, millions of people in Canada not being able to afford housing. And it it comes from a government policy. So up prior to uh, the 90s, the federal government was in the game in a big way of uh, building affordable housing. And, um, you know, I want to underline affordable. In other words, we were doing a really much better job, a good job, could have done a bit more of um, being able to build housing for those folks who couldn't afford it. And so once that uh, hard stop came, that responsibility was devolved. Of course, we know when uh, governments devolve services, funding often doesn't follow. And uh, we certainly, was it was in the 90s that we really saw a housing and homelessness crisis uh, in Canada and it was a direct response to uh, our federal government sort of pulling away from their responsibility and devolving that responsibility and now we have sort of a patchwork of a system that really isn't working for for lots of Canadians.
0: Yeah. And now so we've kind of moved to uh, increasingly marketizing housing uh, yeah. and, and, and publicly or cooperatively owned housing is outside of the private rental or sales market. Now, yep. just from a broader perspective, even for those people who are not living in a publicly or cooperatively owned housing, uh, mm-hmm. what does the effect of a larger supply of non-market housing do throughout the housing market?
1: It's a it's a really good question and I'm I'm not a sort of economic expert uh, when it comes to housing, but there's some, sort of the whole economy, it's a system, right? And um, what you'll often hear from detractors who say, you know, we should leave the market alone and, you know, stay out and that kind of thing. What, what, what we've seen is that we've seen housing sort of become a commodity for investments. Um, and so we have seen, um, you know, housing becoming more an investment to make money as opposed to providing housing. And so what, why we need sort of non-market, non-profit housing is because the point of their, you know, if you want to use the term business model, is to provide housing, right? And, um, you know, private developers are in lots of different businesses for different reasons. They're they're building housing to, to create a profit. That's their business. Mm-hmm. Um, they're not there to create affordable housing. And as we saw things, you know, sort of more influx in investment from pension plans and whatnot, we saw housing become a commodity. And those folks are in the business of housing to make money. They're not in the business to create housing for people. And so, you know, we've always had, I mean, up in, you know, like guess until the 1990s, we all, always had a healthy, could have been a bit more healthy, but we always had a role for government in making sure people had safe, affordable housing and i think um we because we've shied away from that i think what you what you see now that is people are priced out of what is now a market um and there isn't a there isn't enough um housing that is there to actually provide um provide housing and there's lots of issues that have come up with you know you'll see communities talking about airbnbs mm-hmm. and you'll hear pension plans from all over the world sort of buying housing and just, um, you know, apartment blocks and whatnot, they're just in it to, to to make money. The housing is sort of an after effect, and I think what we're seeing now is um, the impact of a federal government that has removed itself from that role um, and what happens when we... I mean, housing is such a critical piece in people's lives. <laughs> you yeah. know, housing and food, <laughs> you know, those are pretty important it's, uh, yes. in uh, Canada. uh, Help
0: help us understand the public finance role just a little bit better. Uh, Sure. The construction of affordable housing project, whether it's owned by a co-op or a province or a municipality, uh, is expensive. It gets financed over years, decades. What is the role of the federal agency, CMHC, Canada Mortgage and Housing Corp.? uh, How has that changed over the years?
1: Sure. So CMHC was... You know, was created to to provide housing to Canadians, and that role, as you suggested, has evolved over the years. But he, the, the simplest way is that the CMHC would provide um, financing, help communities build housing. They would allow groups, as they were paying off a mortgage that CMHC insured, they would allow them to. Um, have um, an operating budget, so not only were they able to provide affordable rents, they were also able to sort of maintain the building. And CMHC signed agreements that were 50 years and 30 years. And as a community group, as a nonprofit, as a non, a non as a co-op, began to sort of pay their mortgage down. The difference between what they owed and what they um, uh, were paying that sort of difference there, they were allowed to put into capital repairs. It was part of an operating agreement. It allowed them to maintain that housing. It also allowed them to give, in some communities where people were really priced out, um, where you had lots of low-income households, allowed them to provide people with deep subsidies. So they managed, um, um, and CMHC was, was sort of in the business um, of housing. That, that role as the federal government sort of removed itself from actually building housing, having sort of folks on the ground helping communities build both social housing and co op housing, um, kind of moved away to be more sort of an insurer of, mm-hmm. uh, mortgages and sort of keeping statistics and that kind of thing. But it, 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 re- it you know, it really created some, um, you know hundreds of thousands of homes and housing for people right across Canada which so, is no longer a role
0: it has so, in a big way so just uh, help, help me out a little bit here uh, your the CMHC um, wasn't a builder but they were a they were providing the finance for construction right. uh, and, and now you're suggesting there are more uh, somebody uh, this private finance with CMHC backing the loans. Is, is that That's being right. a change? Okay.
1: Yeah. yeah, providing insurance and, and um, you know, providing some income to the government on those sort of insurance for, right. for mortgages. So, yeah, more of a, you know, silent partner than a sort of, you know, active, a big partner. Active in investor. Yeah. Active, exactly, yeah.
0: Right. Well, one of the points recently made by David Holchansky, who's a housing policy professor at the University of Toronto, is that uh, as those CMHC mortgages, you know, as they mature, as they... As, they are, uh, as they're ended, as they are completely amortized from times when housing investment was high, uh, so now they're ending, um, wouldn't that naturally present opportunities for investment today?
1: Well, that's what you would hope and that's what you would think. So in other words, you know, as, as you've just said, as people and groups, nonprofit groups, social housing groups, co-ops, as they start to pay back their mortgage, what most of us, would want to see is to have the federal government reinvest hmm. that money back in um to housing. And that just um just isn't the case. That's that didn't happen. Um that money didn't go back. And so what's happened is we've lost ground. Um, but I think to most sort of most, you know, regular Canadians it makes sense is that as those mortgages and as those loans were paid off why would you not reinvest that back into housing? There's not going to come a time when people aren't going to need affordable housing. They aren't going to need a good partner. We've, we, we know that. We know that. We know that the private market is not providing people uh, with the housing they need. So, um, I, you know, I think lots of people advocated for that money to be reinvested back as opposed to just sort of going back mm-hmm. into government coffers, and that's a shame. Yeah. Okay. Let's,
0: let's the uh, the PBO report. Uh, that was interesting. But before we get to that, the Liberals' numbers on housing plans, which you've, we've kind of been dancing around here for a minute, also seem kind of interesting. Uh, because in light of the PBO report, the the Parliamentary Bureau Office report, they seem to be a bit of a mirage. Uh, I think it was in the uh, spring 2017 budget, Sherry, when yeah. when they uh, said that they would invest 16 billion. Uh, but then by I think the fall uh, uh, economic update of that year, it was forty billion um and now I've seen the number of fifty five billion getting tossed out so um when you stand back, those are super big numbers but what uh, what the PBOs said what you have said elsewhere is that when you look closely, the yearly investment isn't that big. explain that yeah,
1: yeah it's it's unfortunate. I mean you know um what you want a government to do is to sort of talk about what is their commitment and what is their investment so so canadians and parliamentarians can us, can it actually assess you know is will this make a difference is this enough like what's the context for that um investment what the sort of you know what it took the pbo's office quite a while to do and what it took a lot of us trying to figure out for a long time is that when the government sort of con- consistently announced 40 billion dollars, they were including all the investments, including investments from, from the provinces. Right. They were including um, other people's so money. Other people's <laughs> And there's nothing wrong with saying you know 40 billion dollars, yes. but there is something wrong with, with making and making it look like it's the, you know with the federal government's 40 billion dollars.
0: But is there um, necessarily even a willing partner? Uh, well,
1: no, where no. I am in
0: Ontario, there certainly oh, exactly. doesn't seem to be.
1: And they were still negotiating those um, mm-hmm. um, agreements, and so then sort of that, you know, we're sort of trying to figure out, you know, and I think sometimes they sort of, you know, kind of stepped around and said, "Well, we're talking about a national housing, so then we can include um, other dollars." But I think to to be transparent, and to, I think. You know, to, for a government to stand up and say, "Hey, we're back into housing," I think the expectation from Canadians is that you're back into housing and you're actually putting more dollars over the previous investments um, to match, you know, kind of what the crisis we we see um, we see. And then they just, for some reason, added another. Uh, 15 uh, billion dollars to that total, um, and that was that was money they put into to to a loan program, a private um, uh, a, a rental construction loan program. So they sort of added in uh, the 50 million. And it's important to let you know, folks, know just like when we were talking about the CMHC mortgages, loans um, you know to governments are paid back um, and so I think what they were trying to do is to sort of keep making this number look bigger and bigger. Mm-hmm. Now, f- from my perspective, there's two problems with that. I have no problem with you adding up other people around the table, but first of all, you have to make sure <laughs> that those <laughs> agreements are signed, sealed and delivered. And in fact, provinces are going to contribute that. But the second thing is is that for Canadians when they hear a government sort of flo- throwing around numbers, Um, And then they start to look around their community and they say, you know, $55 billion, surely to goodness I should be seeing some of that Mm -hmm. impact in my community. Um, And so um, that's, you know, that's not being transparent or being accountable. And then, when you look further into the Parliamentary Budget Officer's report, we find out that, you know, the federal government actually, on average per year, it will be spending less than we've invested in affordable ho- housing prior to 2015. Hmm. And then we find out we don't get to that amount of uh, investment. That's an average investment. We don't actually get to a yearly investment of $2.8 billion until the till the end of a 10-year plan. And, of course, a 10-year plan will go, will go over... Um, electoral terms. So, sure. Okay, yeah. help help me out
0: because you've taken a really deep dive here. And on, <laughs> uh, no, that's good. Uh, is what we want. So you're yeah. so you've just really clearly distinguished the fit the, between the what the fifty five billion and the forty billion, the yeah. f- and and so the that's fifteen billion dollars in additional monies that are loans to be to be paid back. But the forty billion is uh, matched money with provinces, and, and so therefore, if a province doesn't put up their share, the the feds don't put up their share.
1: No, you know, part of part of that is that's only true actually for the Canada Housing Benefit, which is sort of a separate program. So, in the Canada Housing Benefit, that's the sort of housing rental supplement, which hasn't started yet. It's included in the forty billion, but none of that money has rolled out. In that program, provinces do have to; it has to be an enhancement. So. In other words, the provinces have to put up their 50% for the federal government to give them 50%. Mm-hmm. In the other sort of, the one part that the Parliamentary Budget Officer really kind of pointed out to me is most provinces are already providing more than, they're, they're already meeting their 50% of the federal government. So the fact that the federal government will just continue to match those dollars um, isn't necessarily going to mean they have to put in more money. It's not it won't new. be incremental.
0: Right.
1: Right. So most provinces are already there. And, and They'll the f- get the federal government. It's not going to sort of somehow, you right. know, magically turn into so much more, uh, uh, so much more money. It's just a continuation of of that cost sharing between the federal and provincial government, with two billion dollars sort of removed from that. Um, house bill, those federal transfers to be negotiated in this Canada social housing benefit, which we've yet to see the details or has yet to be kind of rolled out in, in any big way.
0: And, and obviously that 40000000000 billion isn't a single-year investment. This goes over quite a term. Ten years, yeah. Right, and so, it's, much, so it's yeah. $4 billion a year. Yep. Okay.
1: Yep. <laughs> yep. Ten, and only every year for foot. ten years. <laughs> yeah.
0: And, yeah. And, then it, and then it gets a little bit worse. I from yeah. my understanding of the Parliamentary Budget Office. You had already mentioned that the expenditure... Uh, per year is not that much greater uh, than under mr. Harper
1: yeah, so it's just not sort of nominally uh, it's a nominal increase of just a couple percentages but when you actually take in the cost of inflation of those dollars mm-hmm. over the previous government's term and now um, the the you know this n- newer government and their ten year plan, it's actually a reduction to the it's actually a reduction so that's pretty uh
0: and that's just on that's just on an inflation basis. If we talk about inflation plus population growth, it yeah. would be possibly worse. Plus the need, yeah. it seems to be higher yeah. now than than ever before.
1: Yeah, because I think we're really starting to you know um, see um, some of that um, you know those Canadian those CMHC's expiring agreements. So we're you know we're starting to get the you know the impact every year perhaps. Of um, the lack of that money being reinvested in in, in into housing, mm-hmm. you know, I I think the other point about it is that I think most most Canadians, I mean, I think some of the you know polls have gone out there that you know housing is sort of the number one issue mm-hmm. uh, for Canadians, and um, so when you hear those um, facts from the Parliamentary Budget Officer, they don't match up. With how Canadians are feeling, um, a feeling that they are in a housing crisis, and then when you actually look at the numbers, so um, I think most of us thought when a federal government comes and they say they're, you know, they're back, you know, they're going to do something different, they're, you know, they're going to be back into um, helping Canadians. That you'd think they would be putting in um, substantially more money, um, and you'd also be bringing that money forward earlier rather than having it kind of Roll out over over ten years because the crisis is real for a lot of Canadians today. Right now, can't yeah. Wait ten years, they can't no. wait. Ten years.
0: Yeah. <laughs> it's it's always easy for government to wait. It's not so easy yeah.
1: when you're in an emergency, is it? No. Uh, yeah. Uh,
0: now the PPO report also touched on uh, specific subplans of federal housing, yeah. and a lot of affordable non-market housing also includes RGI units, rent geared to income units, yeah. that are available for people in the greatest housing need. Uh, just explain that a little bit. What role does federal government play in supporting RGI units, uh, and what did the PBO report say about yeah. the expenditure on RGI support over the last four or five years?
1: Yeah, this this, this is the part for me that's that's really concerning. And it sort of as I said, in a couple questions sort of a couple of questions earlier yeah. from you, you know. Um, when CMHC provided housing providers, co-ops, nonprofits, however the model, the non-market housing, that's probably a good word to use, um, and allowed groups to sort of reinvest through an operating agreement. So reinvest some of those as their mortgages came down to sort of reinvest them. Some providers who were working with the lowest income Canadians, people who really needed um um, you know sort of rent geared to income in order to afford a place um, use most of those operating agreements to actually provide affordable housing hmm. and so um, many of those units have not had the benefit of reinvesting in the capital like fixing the roof and all those kinds of things hmm. and so you know what the PBO pointed out is those so these are the these are you know, affordable housing units being provided to low-income households, so the people that will be most vulnerable um, to being homeless if they can't afford their housing, Um, that if those operating agreements, as they expire and don't continue, uh, those those, uh, housing providers are no longer going to be able to provide housing to people. They're going to have to do one of a couple things. They're going to have to increase the rents. Um, they'll have to forego capital expenditures. So um, mm-hmm. then we, we get this big capital repair deficit, and the housing is not
0: Degrades? Because yep. it's
1: not exactly. Um, and so what we find is that in the previous um, sort of iteration of the federal government sort of support to housing, um, is that there was a real requirement. To have that focused um, on um, um, affordable rent, so providing people weren't spending more than 30% of their income on rent, that criteria has been not has been sort of removed and changed, so that some of the sort of housing investment from the federal government um, will not necessarily be affordable. So the criteria they're using, um, especially in the rental construction initiative, some of those units that are sort of deemed supposed to be deemed affordable, um, the the sort of criteria or the formula that CMHC is using um, will not make them affordable. It won't be 30. You know, sort of people will be contribute right now. You know, 1.7 million people contribute more than 30% of their income towards their housing, and of those 1.7 Million people, 40% of those are provide or pay more than 50% of their income on housing. Yeah. This, uh, the national housing strategy, is not going to impact that group because the affordability criteria they're using um, is actually high. It's not really affordable for most Canadians. They're sort of basing it on um, 30% of median income, um, and when you look at that in some of the more expensive areas in Canada, you know, around Vancouver, around Toronto, some of those very unaffordable places. Um, thir- the
0: 30% of median income, so 30% yeah. of other people's incomes, not yeah. the person in need.
1: No. no. Right. And even if you do that, it even sort of makes the, you know, I'm going to put in quotations, the affordability right. of those units end up being higher than the median rent in those areas. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. So it's it's a bit of a mirage. Yeah.
0: Yeah. So how sorry? How quickly is this is this is this uh, impacting uh, people in RGI units right now?
1: Well, they're going to. They've extended the operating agreements to sort of all uh, folks that saw their agreements expiring for a couple of years. So Mm -hmm. we have, I have people emailing me now. worried about the fact that they will no longer be able to provide affordable units in their building because mm-hmm. their, their agreement is expired and there's no new plan on how to deal with those units. And those units are, you know, mostly um, for Indigenous housing providers, those that are really providing, um, you know, what I would call affordable housing. And so the worry is that not only are we going to lose some of those units because they haven't been able to invest um, uh, in keeping them, uh, you know, in in keeping them safe and, you know, Mm -hmm. roofs and all that kind of stuff and heating systems, um, but they actually are not going to be able to to operate them. So they're either going to have to increase the rents or um, get out of the business of providing Mm -hmm. housing.
0: And that puts, uh, of course, the co-ops, the the provinces, the municipalities in a uh, very uh, difficult choice.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Now, your party, Jagmeet Singh, announced your uh, housing platform earlier this year in the spring. Mm -hmm. The centerpiece was construction of 500,000 new units. Tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about the plan. Why do you think that this is better than what the liberals and conservatives uh, are doing or are, are offering?
1: Our offering for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, I think first of all, it's it's a federal government commitment to get back into um, actually creating and building um, affordable housing. And we know, we know, we know, we're living right now. <laughs> most communities are living the impact of of successive federal governments pulling out of affordable housing. Um, there needs to be an intervention in there and so that i think what most of us feel like is that canada's a wealthy country um people should be able to afford you know have a safe affordable place to call home and so that sort of matches like at the you know the the federal government in the years from 65 to 91 when they really were providing and helping and being a real partner to communities Um, we're able to really provide, at least at the federal level, half of those folks of the lowest income with good, decent housing options. We don't have those anymore. We need to get back into it. So the New Democrat plan is to create 500,000 units over the next 10 years, but to start out now um, and to begin right away um, and to build half of those within the first term. And to, I mean, the other thing about building housing and affordable housing is that it just has a huge ripple effect in communities, mm-hmm. construction jobs, all those things that come out. Um, and I think from, you know, from the employer side, it provides people with housing so that they can work, so they can get to go to school. And so that's really to sort of kickstart and get the construction and get um, that non-profit co-op, social nonprofit housing back uh into providing great safe affordable homes for folks and we need we we need to do that it's 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 a crisis we have one point seven million people that um are in housing need in this this country um- w- w- you know we can't sort of dribble out funds over you know ten years and and, and hope and- something's gonna change.
0: And the 500000 is significantly more than either the other two parties are talking about or are planning on?
1: Yeah, I haven't heard uh, much from the Conservatives. Um, I, there you you go. Know, I go. Did, I, did <laughs> I did try to work with them while I, uh, on a housing and homelessness plan. And although they were sort of there, kind of think it's a good idea that not a lot of... Not a lot of detail, right. and um, you know the, the the liberals are still sort of ex- you know sort of building that over uh, ten years. I'm really counting on provinces um, coughing up a lot more, and mm-hmm. you know I don't know if that's uh, um, if that's going to happen. So a lot of question marks there, a lot of talk, a lot of you know big numbers, but um, so, so not when a you, lot of action. W-
0: yeah. When you and Jagmeet Singh are talking about 500,000 new units, you're talking about fully federally funded.
1: Yeah. Is, yeah. These, yeah, yeah. This is and not
0: partnership. So this is it'll, not, be a
1: part, it'll have to be a partnership with provinces and municipalities to sort of roll it out, mm-hmm. which is really where the expertise, where the local community knowledge is, right? Because it's all, all that expertise and all that was devolved to the provinces. So they're actually delivering housing, right? right? And the federal a, government is ca- the funding a construction. Partner.
0: The construction part. Yeah. Uh, they have the housing ministries. They have the municipalities that own the social exactly. housing uh, yeah. companies. Um, but you're saying but the dollars in to, to create this would be all all new.
1: All new and come it's from a, the federal government, yeah. I mean, it's a, it's about getting somewhere else than where we are today.
0: Right. right. And getting
1: half of that rolled out Not um, contingent. within the first five years, yeah.
0: Okay, very good. Well, uh, Sherry, thank you very, very much for joining us on Game Changers. And um, it's such an important topic to so many Canadians. Thanks for sharing your your knowledge about it.
1: Well, thanks. That's great. I've enjoyed the
0: conversation, Tom. Take care. You too. Thanks for joining Game Changers. Please subscribe and share this podcast. Let's widen the discussion. Canadians deserve it.